Welcome. You're listening to episode 15 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. These are real stories and real experiences of widowhood, both my own story and many other widows I've known and worked with as a life coach. There are landmark days in grief, and that's the title of this episode today. Lately, I've been hearing from widows and widowers who are in such a deep, dark place in their loss. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of great pain. They may see other widows as just not getting on with their life and feel mad because it's not because they're really mad at them, but it's because it presents to them a scenario where someone is still hurting a year later, two years later, three years, even many, many years later. To them, it means their pain and their great anger, their depression is never going away. I can't say with certainty that grief ever goes away, but it certainly mellows and every day life becomes a new kind of routine and normal for you. Still, there's moments that can overwhelm you with sadness, but you just have to allow yourself that moment and know that you've moved on in some manner, not moved on as in forgetting your spouse but moved on in the nature of rebuilding your daily life. You'll be able to function again. Some even find love again. I'm sure that new love doesn't replace old love. It's just, it's a new chapter of the heart. What can indeed keep you in the deep, dark place forever is how you're choosing to think about your life right now. It's the thoughts that you focus on about what losing your spouse means in your life. Your own thoughts and outlook can create emotional pain or start to ease that emotional pain. The good news is you get to choose. If you think your life will never be the same, you're right. If you make it mean that your life will never be good, That's what you're choosing to focus on and that's what you'll give to yourself. A life that stays in misery and is a struggle. That's not all about positive thinking hoo-ha. This is about how you approach your own life. Sure, there's going to be those early weeks that it's difficult to imagine your life can be anything but the pain of your loss. The fog will begin to lift And when it does, you want to be able to lift up your head and look at the road before you. It's full of possible paths and you get to choose which one. Even when you've reached the point that you start recreating structure in your days and making an effort to get yourself out of your house, even if it's just for a walk, There's always going to be landmark days that come across the calendar with all the memories those days carry and the sweet pain of beautiful memories coupled with the pain of loss returns. Expect them, celebrate them, even if it's just in some small gesture. Christmas, 4th of July, anniversaries, birthdays, a couple of widows that I've talked to 
have had grandchildren being born after the loss of their spouse. How bittersweet it must be to welcome a beautiful child into the world and yet feel that your spouse should be there to share in the joy. They may even feel a bit cheated that they're experiencing this without their spouse. Many of us, of course, feel or believe that their spouse is indeed present at the occasion. I do. But that's not the same as physically present. Yet you can choose to give yourself over to the joy and celebrate the new family member in great happiness because it is a time to celebrate. I just can't even imagine welcoming the, your grandchild into the world shortly after losing your spouse because you're so overwhelmed with happiness and love for that new baby yet feeling that your spouse is missing out on that. So it really does become bittersweet. I still get twinges over the things I wish I could share with Jim, even little things, even the American Idol finale. Okay, don't laugh. Don't judge. <laughs> Jim rarely watched TV. I, as I have said before, I love TV. I have my Sunday evenings and my shows that I love. Um, but for many years, we would sit together in the living room and watch American Idol because we would get so invested in these young stars that are developing on the show and watching their talent. And we really loved it. This season was the last one for American Idol. And of course, as it came to an end, they were closing up the show and they would do special little retrospective segments. And the second to the last show was devoted entirely to clips of seasons past and a retrospective. It took my breath away. It was like watching the seasons of our life together sweeping by. And this year's contestants, extremely talented, I enjoyed watching, but I kept thinking how much Jim would have loved that singer or a particular performance. It tugged at my heart constantly, like a major milestone, another anniversary date of one sort or the other. But the passing of American Idol was like closing up all those years on our life, and it brought back the flood of the memory of all those really cozy wonderful evenings together, sitting in front of the fire, discussing the singers, debating the songs, singing with the songs. These kinds of experiences and milestone dates can be especially difficult if you're alone, if you're living distant from family. Many widows find themselves completely alone. I'm one. I live across the continent from my family. So, Holidays, if I am here alone, they're especially hard because I don't have the distraction of those around me. So I anticipate and plan, and you need to too. Perhaps some small thing that you want to do to mark the day. It can seem so meaningless and silly, but it's what you need just to move through that day. Easter Sunday. I made a simple dinner for myself, but it was ham and yams and even a couple of deviled eggs. <laughs> it was a nod to our dinner tradition for that day. 
And it's a tradition I grew up with because my mom always made ham and mashed potatoes and yams and deviled eggs and, of course, lots of other stuff. And I knew it would make me sad to not have ham dinner on Easter. But it would make me even sadder if I tried to go out to a restaurant by myself to order Easter dinner. To me, that would just be really pathetic. (laughs) So I planned for it. And I didn't make a big deal out of it, but I made sure I had a ham slice and hams, yams here to fix. You find the traditions that you need to hang on to. And you still move forward in your life. When you hit milestones, expected or even unexpected ones that sneak up on you, know the grief will be there. Every time the grief wells up inside, acknowledge that it comes from a place of deep love. It feels like pain, but it's love, the love you have for them. And it's okay to allow it to flow. If you resist it like it's pain, it hangs on and it persists. What you resist is going to push back against you. But if you open your arms to it and just let it come, it flows through you like clean water. When we scattered Jim's ashes, we did it on his birthday. You could think that I get a double whammy each year. (laughs) But when that date came around for the first anniversary of scattering his ashes and it was his birthday... I smiled to myself that I had unwittingly created a situation where I could grieve both days all at once on the same day. Instead of grieving his birthday each year and then having the date of scattering his ashes roll around and grieving that, I could move through all my grief in one day. Thrifty of me, huh? (laughs) Well, it just works out that way for me. I could make it a big deal, like I'm suffering double grief. Instead, I choose to say what is perfect about this and smile that I can just devote that whole day to memories and allow that grief to wash through me. His friend John referred to the Esopus as Jim's personal Ganges, and so it was. Jim swam here every summer as a kid and drove up here many times as an adult until I bought the house up here and we moved upstate. The old bridge in Mount Tremper is where he would swim all the way up the river from his grandmother's house with his cousin Jackie. And they would hang out under the bridge playing. He had such fond memories of those summers at his grandma's house. You know, he was a consummate New Yorker and lived in New York City his whole life. He was born and raised in Queens. And when I met him, he was living in the Bronx, where he was teaching school there. One of the first places he took me when I came to New York City was up to Phoenicia, which is just outside of where his grandmother's house was. It's one of his favorite places, and it's where the Esopus River is. And he took me to stay in a little hotel up there. We would go spend a couple days up in Phoenicia, sitting by the Esopus, wandering around the little town. And as I said, he had always told me that when his time came, he wanted his ashes scattered in the Esopus River. 
And it was so perfect when we did it because I realized the Esopus River would carry him back out to the Hudson River and that flows down the state of New York back to his beloved New York City. So it's kind of full circle for Jim. The bridge had been closed for a number of years, uh, unsafe to drive over. Plus, I know kids used to dive off the bridge. That might have been one of the things to close that bridge off. So when we scattered his ashes on his birthday there, uh, we squeezed through a hole that had been cut in the chain link fence to go out onto the bridge and scatter the ashes over the side. And yes, it was probably a bit illegal. Jim would have loved the illicit nature of the whole thing. Today, I did not try to squeeze through and clamor over the rail. I went to the bridge and I wove a bundle of Jim's favorite flowers into the chain link barrier on the bridge and then sat down on a side pillar and just watched the esopus. It was rushing pretty quickly this time of year. And in my mind, I could see the two small boys swimming for all they were worth to make it all the way to the bridge from the back of his grandma's house. And I laughed to myself because modern mothers would freak out over this. I probably would have freaked out over the thought of these little guys jumping into the Esopus River and trying to swim that far. I wonder if his grandmother knew that they were swimming all the way up to that bridge. Back then, it was pretty natural to let kids run free and try crazy stuff. And Jim never really stopped running free. <laughs> it's kind of his nature. After sitting by the bridge and... Just the memories of scattering his ashes there and still feeling pretty melancholy, too. I drove on into Phoenicia so that I could go to the place where we loved to stop and have breakfast. We would take the drive, oh, this time of year in the spring and through summer, at least every other week just watching the changes, especially in springtime, because things start changing so quickly. We might go out every weekend and drive into Phoenicia for breakfast just to check out the mountainsides and the trees and watching things coming back to life. So we would go there for breakfast. So I went ahead and went into town to stop there. The restaurant is Brio's. And when Jim and I would go there for breakfast, I would always say, you know, one day we have to do this a little later in the day so that I can try a slice of their wood stove, wood oven pizza. They had like a big open wood burning fireplace built into the restaurant that they where they cooked the pizza and it smelled delicious. But of course, we were always there at breakfast time. So... When I got there, I sat at the lunch counter and I had a slice of pizza and a cup of coffee. And I walked through the town, all up the street, all the spots he loved to photograph. And it was really melancholy for me to look at the views. Uh, the last picture I ever took of Jim was him standing on Main Street in Phoenicia, looking up at the mountainsides. But I did fine, really. Um, walked through the town, 
revisited our all the old spots that we would stop and lean against a wall here, photograph something there. Uh, came back to my car and made the drive home. It's about a half hour. And I still was really fine until I walked in the door of my house. And somehow, as I unlocked the door and stepped into my kitchen, it all hit. And I started sobbing. And I was really taken by surprise because I didn't expect now to start crying. I didn't cry at the bridge. I didn't cry at Brio's. I didn't cry walking around Phoenicia. And driving home, my mood was feeling fairly lightened. But I walked in my kitchen and wham, I just dropped my things, sat down, came back into my home office here, sat down at my desk, put my head down on my desk, and I allowed it. I sobbed. And I just allowed that feeling to flow through me, crying, sometimes chuckling at the same time I was crying and asking out loud, why now? Why am I crying like this now? It seemed absurd, but that's when it hit. My day-to-day life has shaped itself into my new normal. It's who I am now. Am I back to being the same person I was before Jim passed away? No, I'll never be that person again. We're changed forever. But I am who I am now. And most of my days are not sad and melancholy. There's still moments that take me by surprise. Moments of exquisite pain and sadness. But there are also moments of pure, complete love. It's because I so loved him that I still sometimes cry now. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So allow that to sweep through you. If you need to sit down and put your head down on a table and allow yourself to sob for a few minutes, that's what you do. Feel it. Recognize it as love. And it washes through you. This is my episode number 15. Thank you for listening today. I recently discovered that reviews in iTunes from outside the United States were not showing up for me. Apparently, when you go to iTunes and you look at reviews, it only shows the reviews written in your own country. So I discovered there was a program that I could buy that would pull in reviews from any other countries. It would go log in to all these different countries on iTunes and pull back my reviews. So I paid for the program and discovered several beautiful reviews that I had no idea were there. Some back as far as January when I had first released the podcast. So a shout out, a big shout out to Megan F11 from Canada. Subject line said beautiful. And it said, if you've lost someone and are trying to find your way forward, listen to this. You'll know you're no longer alone in your grief. Joanne is full of wisdom, tenderness, and understanding. Her honest account of her journey as a widow will give you tremendous comfort, support, and insight as you figure out this new normal. And Megan, you were already on to knowing it's your new normal. Thank you so much for that review. I also had a review when I first released this. The review says, thank you from former lost addict in the UK. 
and it just simply said thank you for sharing your story i found it moving brave and honest thank you for listening i really appreciate that you took the time to leave that review finally recently i have another review from the uk left by G-O-K-H-U-I, Q. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's something to be pronounced or initials. It says a warm hug and common sense when you need it most. And it says bite-sized nuggets of gold from Joanne, delivered with warmth and honesty, having recently lost my husband at a young age. I'm sorry about that. I've found Joanne's podcast a refreshing change. She's made me feel a lot less insane in these difficult early days. It's the friend you wish was sitting on your sofa talking some sense. And she has a lovely voice to listen to. Thank you so much for that. I treasure each and every one of these. I do this podcast out of my own time and at my own expense because it was something I was moved to create. Every review I come across in iTunes or Stitcher really touches my heart and it keeps me going. It makes it worth doing this when I know someone is listening and gaining some insider comfort. So you have no idea. You have no idea how it touches me when I read these reviews. So do continue to leave reviews. I know it's a lot of time. iTunes especially does not make it easy. You have to go to the iTunes store and change it from music to podcast and type in and search for Widowcast and then click on the album cover and click where it says ratings and reviews or reviews and ratings and then you'll see where you can click write a review gosh they should make it one click but they don't and that's why I so appreciate those of you that have taken the time to go do that and leave a review for me you can also write me at joanne at joannethelifecoach.com I love hearing from all of you Visit my website at joannethelifecoach.com, especially if you struggle with weight as I do. You know, I regained 20 pounds in pretty short order after Jim passed away. I thought I was dealing with his death really well until I stepped on the scale about six weeks afterwards and saw I was up 20 pounds in that short amount of time. Can you say emotional eating? <laughs> yep. And I'm a weight loss coach. So go by my website and click on the yellow button to download my free starter's guide to overcoming overeating. I'll even send a link so you can download the seven-day journal. It's called the Super Powerful Decidedly Different Food Journal. And that's going to help you apply those five simple steps in the guide. It just might change the way you eat forever. And it's free. So go take advantage and enjoy. I also have another podcast out there called Weight Coach. So if you're interested, you can search Weight Coach in iTunes and you'll find the other podcast in my network. The cover is the same as Widowcast, so it's easy to find me. Again, thank you for listening. It's my hope that each of you goes out and finds some joy in your life right now. Until next time.